Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. I'm your host, Emily Flippin. I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today we're talking financials. Today we're talking consumer goods. Wild Card Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today we're talking tech. Let's dive in. Welcome to Industry Focus. I'm Nick Seipel. This week, I'm excited to welcome Motley Fool analyst John Ratanti back to the show to break down what's going on with Home Depot and Lowe's, America's two biggest hardware stores. John, how's it going? Doing well, Nick. Thanks for having me on. My fifth time. Yeah, fifth there time you go. And, focus. Yeah, and we're, we're going to the hits here. So we've played, we've played uh, you know, the B-sides <laughs> maybe with, with, uh, with some uh, under-the-radar companies. And now we're going to uh, these big stalwarts of American commerce here with Home Depot and Lowe's. We'll get into these earnings reports with, both, with which both came out last week. Before we do, just setting the stage, I mean, think about like the, the role that Home Depot and Lowe's play in the American economy. Like, How can you put that in context for folks? I mean, the way that I think about it, Nick, is that they, that both, uh, the, so the, like you said, they're the two largest home improvement retailers uh, in the U.S., but really the world, even though they really only operate in, in the U.S., Canada, uh, and Mexico. Um, they're, they're the largest in the world by sales. Um, but housing, uh, you know, they serve a crucial economic need. Housing is uh, really important. It's part of the American dream. It's where we, our homes, where we build a lot of our memories and spend most of our time or a lot of our time. And for many of us, housing is our largest financial asset. Um, it's our largest investment. And so um, I think, and, and, and history has proven based on, on their sales growth, which is not very cyclical at all. I think, I think going back like 30 years, Home Depot sales have only fallen four times. And three of those were in the global financial crisis, the housing bubble. So really steady sales increases shows how important they are to our uh, economy. And what happens is people always invest in their homes. When, when times are good and people are feeling flush, households are feeling flush, like right now, uh, they do big renovations. They do major projects. They add a wing. They, they redo their kitchen. They redo some bathrooms. And then when times are tighter, they still need to do maintenance and repair. And so you get that, you get that predictable business from them. Yeah, I can tell you. Uh, so I, I just moved into a new apartment. Uh, we've got like a little backyard situation. And I can't tell you the number of times I've been to Home Depot to get little things to put in the backyard or to like mosquito repellent or all types of things. These these are absolutely essentials to, to our life. Um, and also you get luxuries, like you get a grill, right? You need a grill for the backyard too. So both essentials and uh, that you can't live without, like I can't live in the backyard, uh, literally can't live in the backyard without uh, some of the things you pick up at Home Depot. Um, and then also just the, the, those... Uh, those things that are nice to have that are part of uh, the American dream, I suppose. One, one thing I thought that was interesting as we were kind of preparing for the show, I came across, there's a Bank of America report recently came out that says uh, together, so Home Depot has about 17% market share in this uh, in, the, in their industry, Lowe's about 12%, still only about a third of, uh, of the overall hardware store uh, market controlled by these two companies, which just blows my mind uh, when I just think about how ingrained they already seem in, uh, in, into our lives. And, and so what you're uh, suggesting is that um, it's, it's still a largely fragmented market because there are a lot of smaller uh, mom and pop hardware stores out there. And so they still have a lot of room to grow by taking market share. Neither uh, Home Depot or, or Lowe's are opening really any new stores in the U.S. Um, any, any new locations are coming in Canada or, or, or Mexico for Home Depot. Um, but yeah, so, but the fact that they, there's still so much market share to take it's such a fragmented market. They can grow organically 
I think over the long term, mid to high single digits. So let's let's call it six, seven, eight percent, you know, organic revenue growth. Yeah. So we'll, we'll let's get into uh, what revenue growth they're putting in uh, today. Maybe we start with with Home Depot because they were the company uh, to report first. So uh, came out with their earnings on August seventeenth. Market hasn't really liked it. Shares are down four uh, percent since uh, since that report came out, and they declined sharply on the day after the report. What uh, what stands out from you? What, what what do you think uh, is going on with the market here? You know, their sales increased 8%. Earnings per share increased uh, nearly 13%. It was their first. So uh, their comp sales, their same store sales. So sales from stores open uh, at least 12 months um, increased 4.5%. And they had their first quarter that where they generated over $40 billion in quarterly revenue. Um you know, it just comes down to expectations, right? Nick, like with everything else, the uh, the stock had done really, really well throughout the pandemic. It traded at a much higher PE multiple than Lowe's, and we'll get into that when we get to Lowe's. And so, you know, I just think that that on some of the other key performance indicators or KPIs, they didn't quite meet uh, market expectations, which is a, which is a little strange. Um, but yeah, I, I think they had just honestly a really, really solid quarter. Yeah, I think one of the things we can maybe dive into a little bit. So you mentioned same store sales up four and a half percent. Obviously, a great number. You want to see that number uh, going up and up. But if you break into the the components of it, customer transactions actually down five point eight percent. What's really driving that same store uh, same store sales number up is ticket size up eleven point three percent. Which a big chunk of that is inflation, which we've seen in the market and lumber uh, and things like that. So I think some of that is slowing traffic, which makes sense, leaving our house, houses a little bit more uh, uh, coming out of the pandemic, but also, uh, you know, they've benefited somewhat from inflation. That's true. That's true. Um, I don't I don't think the decrease in traffic growth um, was a surprise because last year um, traffic was unprecedented because of PPE people going in to buy personal protective equipment or PPE. So masks and rubber, rubber gloves and other cleaning materials and sanitizers and stuff like that. And so both Home Depot and Lowe's saw literally unprecedented um, DIY or do-it-yourself traffic, people going in buying PPE. Um, so, so coming off that amazingly high growth rate same quarter last year, I think it's reasonable to expect a decline. The important thing about Home Depot's business is almost 50% of their sales, it's the actual number is 45%, almost 50% of their sales come from pros or professional contractors. And so even though DIY or do-it-yourself uh, traffic is down, they still increased comps 4.5%. They still increased overall sales 8%. Because almost 50% of their business comes, comes from pros, these professionals, and um, pros spend significantly more than DIY customers. Um, to put that into perspective, pros make up only 4 to 5% of Home Depot's customer base. But as we said, they generate 45% of sales. And so Home Depot has this really strong... Um, diversity and balance in their revenue mix, almost 50-50 between DIY and pro. I think what the market was most um, disappointed in is that their 
online sales, their, uh, their digital sales were flat uh, in the quarter, but which flat just means no growth, um, but they were lapping 100% digital sales growth in the same quarter last year, Nick. And, and on a two-year stack basis, which means if we look at the sales uh, in Q2 2021 relative to Q2 2019, as opposed to Q2 2020, um, their e-commerce sales are up 100%. So they're up 100% on a two-year stack basis. So their e-commerce business is a monster. I just think the market was a little disappointed that it was flat in the quarter. Yeah, and you can't grow to this guy. Obviously, as I, as I mentioned earlier, people kind of leave in your homes, uh, uh, things such as that. Maybe that ties into, you mentioned the pro business and how important that is to, to Home Depot. It's, as we talk about Lowe's later, it's important to the competitive dynamic between these businesses. But like when you get this earnings report from Home Depot, is that like where you're jumping to first? Is the pro business really what you think is, is uh, uh, the, uh, the driver that's most important to you? Home Depot, yes, I would say yes, um, because they, because they, um, so there's a basic formula, Nick, for, for brick and mortar retail, which is, if you look at Home Depot, if you look at Home Depot and Lowe's gross margins, they are almost uh, identical. So I think Home Depot has gross margins, let me pull it up really quickly, Nick, um, Home Depot's gross margins, 34%, okay? Lowe's gross margins, 33%. So uh, very, very, very similar gross margins. Where, where Home Depot separates itself, oh, and they have virtually the same amount of stores as well, around you know 2,000-ish stores. But Home Depot generates so much more revenue from, from roughly the same amount of stores. And they have the same gross margins roughly, but they have much, much, much higher operating margins, Nick. That's the difference between the two business models. And that is driven largely by the pro business because pros are such higher margin. Pros shop so much more frequently and they spend so much more per ticket, per transaction. And so what that does is it's a very simple formula in retail investing. It drives higher sales per store and higher sales per square foot. And so you can have two companies with virtually the same number of stores and virtually the same gross margins but because Home Depot has such better store efficiency and productivity, largely driven by that pro business, that leads to higher sales per square foot, higher sales per store, that leads to higher operating margins, which leads to higher returns on invested capital and free cash flow. They then take that free cash flow and reinvest it back into omni-channel retail, so digital, supply chain, um, having the best brands, that are in stock and in demand, and that drives more business. So the fact that they have higher sales per store, that allows them to reinvest, and it becomes this sort of perpetual reinvestment and free cash flow machine. The pro is a large driver of that. The other one is location, location, location. Um, Home Depot has, uh, so, so 90% of the US population lives within 10 miles of a Home Depot store. 90% of the US population lives within, lives within 20 miles of a Lowe's store. Um, another stat that just really brings this to light is in the top 25 largest metro markets in the US, Home Depot has 80% more stores, 80% more stores in those top 25 markets. So because Home Depot has the, the best 
um, locations or, or and even more locations in these dense urban areas, once again, that drives more traffic to the stores, higher sales per square foot, higher sales per store, and, there, and, then, and then you get the higher operating margins. So it's a really interesting dynamic. Two, two companies, almost the same store size, but one has dramatically more revenue, and that's Home Depot, and dramatically higher operating margins. Yeah, you look at Home Depot, 130 billion uh, in revenue versus around 90 billion or so uh, for Lowe's, and so what you're saying is primarily driven uh, um, by by the pro business. So, any last thoughts on Home Depot? Because I think it's a good transition to move on to Lowe's because this is a, a fundamental part of, of why maybe Lowe's had a little bit more positive response to its uh, its earnings than uh, than Home Depot did. Uh, I don't have any 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 last comments. I think it was a f- I think it was a strong quarter. I, I, you know, sometimes things sell off just because expectations get a little bit ahead of themselves. Sometimes valuation, you know, market just gets a little concerned by valuation for a long term hold. I own it, Nick. Uh, it's one of my larger positions, and it's a long-term conviction, long-term hold for me. Yeah, I, I own Home Depot as well. Same. It's it's in, integral to my life. If you snap, you know, the David Gardner snap test. If you snapped your fingers and Home Depot disappeared, I think uh, a lot of people's lives would kind of fall into uh, disarray. So huge, huge passer um, of that test. So moving on um, to Lowe's. So Lowe's reported actually the day after Home Depot here on uh, August eighteenth. Uh, and shares are up uh, uh, following earnings. What were your takeaways uh, uh, from the Lowe's earnings report? So Lowe's is benefiting from the same tailwinds as Home Depot, namely a really strong housing market, uh, plus people working from home during the pandemic, right? So when you're working from home, you're going to spend on your home. And then the last thing is houses are at home prices are at an all-time high which means people have a lot of equity, home equity in their homes, which means there's a wealth effect. And what happens is, um, without fail, when people have a lot of home equity in their homes, they see their homes at, they see um, spending on the home, either for a, a big renovation or for just maintenance and repair, they see that as an investment and not as an expense. And so people are more willing to invest in their homes. And that brings you into Home Depot. It brings you into Lowe's, which is the one we're talking about now. Um, and then, like I said, uh, uh, we didn't say, but we should mention, um, there's a, we're, we're almost 4 million homes short uh, of, of, of what we need in the US. And so there's a long runway of growth ahead as we need to build more homes. And as you just said, when you move, um, you need to go to a Home Depot or Lowe's. And so, you know, Lowe's, um, their comp sales were actually down 1.6%, I believe. But once again, they were lapping unprecedented demand um, from the same quarter last year. On a two-year stack basis, their sales, um, their same store sales or their comp comparable sales are up 32%, Nick, which is just uh, fantastic. I think where Lowe's stood out in the quarter uh, was their online business. For one, I, I mentioned Home Depot's e-commerce business was flat. Lowe's was up 7%. And that may not sound like a ton, but that's on top of 135% online sales growth in the second quarter of 2020. So that is 7% growth on top of 135% growth, which is just to be able to lap that is just really phenomenal, Nick. And then their pro business, this is where it really gets interesting. Um, Their pro business grew 21% in the quarter and is up 49% on a two-year stack basis. Uh, They are, now they're coming off a much uh, lower base here, Uh, but honestly, 
Lowe's, the business model has been around DIY. It's been around do it. It's been the business model is built around DIY. They did not have a pro business model for much of the last decade. They, they really didn't have one uh, or, 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 or a good one, let's say. But ever since their new CEO, Marvin Ellison, came in in 2018, they've done a ton of things to turn around this business, which we can get into. I can bullet point those for you if you'd like. But one of them is to focus on that pro business because Marvin Ellison is a retail genius. And he knows, by the way, he came from Home Depot. He was 12 years at Home Depot. Um, he knows how important that pro business is because they're such higher margin customers. And so they have been heavily leaning into their pro business. In fact, on the call, Nick, they said, and I quote, we are striving to demonstrate that Lowe's is the new home for pros. And so this is, they are trying to diversify and balance their revenue um, in a way that is similar to Home Depot. Currently, only 25% of Lowe's business comes from pros versus 45% of Home Depot's business that comes from pros. Yeah, so when you look at the growth of the, the Lowe's pro business, is that just cannibalizing market share from Home Depot? Or are there other kind of smaller players in the market they're taking share from? I, I, How much I, of this is just, is just these two giants just battling it out? No, I, I think I think I don't I don't think a whole lot of the share is coming from Home Depot, honestly, because Home Depot has been at it much longer. They do have, I believe at this point, a more efficient, more customer friendly pro business. Um, Home Depot's website, uh, they have a they have a separate Home Depot.com tailored just for pros. Um, and it, it's 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 almost like a SaaS platform for pros, honestly. Um, I don't think a lot of the share is coming from Home Depot. Maybe some of it is. I think it's coming from that fragmented market that we talked about earlier. Um, there's a lot of other players in the market and, 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 and Lowe's, that, that's kind of low-hanging fruit for Lowe's, honestly. I don't want to underplay Lowe's. The transformation that is happening at Lowe's under Marvin Ellison is nothing short of fantastic. It's really, really incredible what's going on. Yeah, well, John, well, you mentioned you know walking us through some of the, some of the things. So I think you know uh, just to give us maybe more context. Obviously, this big push, um, big push into 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 the pro business. Like, I guess how far behind was Lowe's? Uh, if you can kind of put that in context for us, relative to to where Home Depot. You talked about how sophisticated they are and all those sorts of things. Like I said, their Home Depot's business model going back at you know at least a decade was 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 focused around the pro business because it is such higher margin. It drives retail metrics for, for, the, home, for the home improvement industry. Um, Lowe's didn't have that. They were focused on providing the best white glove customer service to do it yourself, do it yourselfers. And so they still have that. They're, they still provide great customer service at Lowe's, but now they're trying to balance out that revenue mix and, I, and it's working for them. And so other things that they did, under Marvin Ellison, so they 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 refocused on the core business. So they 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 um, got rid of underperforming lower margin businesses. So they got rid of all of their orchard supply stores, which was a completely separate brand. It wasn't core. They closed underperforming stores in the U.S. and Canada, and they exited retail operations in Mexico completely. So they got out of everything that was not core and that was lower margin. He completely restructured the leadership team, Nick, by eliminating several positions and appointing new leaders for the CFO, as well as head of merchandising, head of stores, and head of supply chain. 
So four new executives. Um, they rationalized inventory by, by, by reducing low demand, low turnover inventory, and increasing higher turnover inventory. So increasing inventory that is, that is higher in demand. Um, maybe most importantly, they invested heavily in supply chain, omni-channel retail, and other digital initiatives such as revamping Lowe's.com completely, moving Lowe's.com to the cloud. I think they're on Amazon Web Services now, implementing digital signage in their stores, putting 115,000 smart handheld devices in associates' hands. Also, um, really importantly, they came up with uh, dynamic um, modern pricing tools. So now they can change the prices of their inventory almost instantly. Um, and that allows them to, to change the prices so that it meets market demand rather than focus, rather than having a promotional pricing environment. So by getting rid of a promotional pricing strategy, they no longer have as many markdowns, which means they, you know, when you sell something at a discount at a markdown, that's lower margin. So this also helped boost their gross margins. Um, and then they implemented a true expense reduction culture, which also helped improve operating margins and returns on invested capital. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nick. No, go ahead, John. I was going to say from 2018 through the end of year 2020, um, they improved that key retail metric sales per square foot by 26%. They improved uh, operating margins by 2.25 percentage points. They improved customer satisfaction by four percentage points. Earnings per share grew 20%. I'm sorry, earnings per share grew, grew 70% over those two years, 2018 to 2020. Earnings per share grew 70%. Um, and guess what? Stocks follow earnings up. So what did, what did the stock do? It's up 71%. That's total return, so including the dividend yield. Um, over those two years, the stock is up 71% versus the S&P 500 only up 37%. So incredible performance in two years. And the turnaround is still ongoing. Yeah, so, so that was where I was going to go, uh, uh, John. It is so you have this story uh, of Home Depot, which is just uh, just a juggernaut that has been executing a, a strong business model going out, you know, for a long, long time. The leader in the space. You've got Lowe's that is going through this transformation, really strong management team, and you're uh, in the process of, of that taking place. Still want to grow more of the pro business, that sort of thing. When you look at these two companies today as potential investments, which one gets you more excited, and why? Honestly, Nick, the answer is both. Um, and I can, I can tell you why for both. Why for Home Depot? Because they are the better business. I don't think they're only the better home, home improvement retailer. I think they're one of the best businesses that I've studied and, and under my coverage universe. So with Home Depot, you get the better business um, with higher margins, higher free cash flows. So they have more cash to reinvest in strengthening their moat and, and, and serving all of their stakeholders. But it comes at a higher PE. Lowe's you have a, the, the thesis there, in my opinion, is you have um, a good business that is dramatically improving, probably in the middle innings of a turnaround, um, that trades at not only a discount to a, a, PE, a, a PE ratio that is not only lower than Home Depot. That's, that would be reasonable. It's trading at a steep discount to the market, Nick. So Lowe's is at about a, a forward PE of about 18 the S&P 500 is at a forward PE of about 21. To me, that makes no sense at all because based on my research, I think Lowe's is a far above average business. And if the average company in the S&P 500 is, is trading at 21 times forward earnings, 
I see no reason at all why Lowe's should be trading at a three-turn discount at 18 times. I think in the very least, Lowe's deserves to trade at a market multiple of 21. And so I think this, this is the, the thesis for Lowe's is you could see, if I'm right, you could see both earnings per share growth plus PE multiple expansion, expansion. So you could get a double whammy from Lowe's. Yeah, so it's really one of these where, so are you a quality person? Maybe Home Depot is more in your bucket. Are you a are you a value person? Maybe Lowe's leans a little bit more in your in your bucket. But uh, if you're just uh, someone who wants to get a, a quality stock, both of them, uh, uh, you know, check those boxes off of, of what you're looking for in a company. L long, I think so. uh, yeah, still still some trajectory to grow, but also just absolutely dominant in their industry, such that I don't know who else could come for their spot. Yeah, I mean they have, they they have two thousand stores, right? And 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 everyone, pretty much everyone lives close to one of them. So you're either going to go to your Lowe's, your neighborhood Lowe's, your neighborhood Home Depot. And um, yeah, like you said, if you are moving, you're going to get ready to move, to get ready to sell the house. And then you're going to go again once you move into your new property. It's just like clockwork. Yeah. You discover all these things you didn't know you needed as soon yeah. as you move into uh, the new place. Um, John, thank you for joining me as always. Always love having you on the show. Nick, thank you for having me on the show. Love, love, uh, love, love coming on. All right. Until next time, as always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against the stocks discussed. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Tim Sparks for mixing the show. For John Ritanti, I'm Nick Seipel. Thanks for listening and Fool on.